Welcome everybody to the first episode of Nostalgia Hoarders. Uh, this is going to be a little bit chunky. Um, this is our first time using this app, and it's been really difficult. But let me introduce myself. I'm Leo. I'm an early educations major at the University of Westchester. Uh, I'm a real big nostalgia junkie. And next to me is uh, my brother from another, Jay. Jay, introduce yourself. Hey, everybody, this is Jay, um, another nostalgia junkie, I guess you could say, and also uh, getting an MFA in integrated design at the University of Baltimore. Um, love nostalgia, and uh, like Leo, I'm a big 80s baby, so we have plenty of time to go back. We go back a ways. All right, so what are we talking about today? Well, Jay, there's a new retro wave of He-Man action figures out there now. Um, I was wondering if you knew. I had no idea, but then again, I've, I've been trying to pinch every penny right now, so I probably did. I haven't been teasing myself with any things that would, uh, you know, make my pocket burn. Yeah, I know that feeling. I'm happy to be allowed to get the action figures that I get now. I know I'm a grown man, but, like, I still like to collect my toys. <laughs> but yeah um, I had just bought a couple of action figures the other last week actually um, and I was talking to Justin in Walmart and started asking him questions about if he knew anything about He-Man and if he thinks it if at all how it affected him or others around him, like his brother, or does he think that, like, people nowadays have body image issues, men in, men in particular, if they have issues of how they look because of the way superheroes look, meaning, like, for me, it was He-Man who was my first superhero. I was also thinking about how, um, growing up, it seemed like he was pro-masculine, like he was just very masculine. And he, I guess, was trying to show young men how to be a dude, like, not the, not a dude, but like a really manly man. Like, looking back at it, I can think of a couple of times thinking to myself how I wanted to be that man you know, the type of dude that fights evil. As a kid, though, that's what you were thinking about? Were you sitting there thinking about pro-masculinity with He-Man? You're like, yeah, He-Man is about being a pro-masculine man. No, I don't know. Okay, maybe not pro-masculine. Maybe just, like, over-masculine. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to be the very muscular dude to just be able to save everyone. You know how I am. I, I, I'm a superhero the most. At least in my mind. Like it really did fit in with um, the way that I was raised. My grandmother used to uh, tell me to stop swishing. Which means like your, your, your hip oscillations would match that of a woman. Um, so she told me to stop swishing. Um, she also told me to 
bend bend at the knees instead of bending over, I guess, like a woman would. I, I, I guess she thought that I was soft or something. I don't know. I can't ask her now. The meaning behind all of that. Um, maybe, I mean, me thinking on it now, it may have just been a performative thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, it came from respectability politics. I mean, that's what it is, you know, performing a certain way and, and carrying on gender roles and things like that. So we definitely know that. But you could also just be a kid walking, you know, like like we all we all have different walks and things like that. Yeah. But I think a lot of again, that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of it is respectability politics. And you're talking about identity and 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 what you saw in He-Man. To start off, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. And I, I find it kind of interesting that I have an opposite experience with He-Man, like a different experience than you do so far. Like you say masculinity and you kind of tout him as like this idea of what it is to be a man and manliness. But to be quite honest, I feel like He-Man was an excuse for me to not be so rigid as a man. Because He-Man to me represented in, in an era where things were very much... Um, I'm, I, I feel like everything was dominated before that. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but everything is kind of dominated by like the G.I. Joe version of man. Like everything was very rigid, like lots of war. Um, this is the 80s. So things were things were coming off poppy and plastic and bright colors and things were starting to emerge in style. But I really feel like as a kid. The contrast to that was that right before then, in the set, the end of the seventies, especially, we had all these war toys. Everything was like Army Man, Ninja Man, this thing, fighting hardcore. And He Man, He Man was kind of like a step away from that because it gave the opportunity to uh, wear pink panties and ride around on a cat. And like, I mean, li- literally, like, like He Man wore pink. Now, come on now, and Prince Adam, Prince Adam was a wimp, like completely like he was a total coward he would run away from the situation when um danger would arrive yeah he was going to change his clothes like clark kent would but like everyone felt like he couldn't stand up to task like it was it was sad so i didn't want to be him i wanted to be he-man like i wanted to be the one rushing in to the fire you know, the old song, I Need a Hero, that type of dude. I wanted to be that dude. Prince Adam was, yeah, he was the prince, but he was not He-Man without the sword. Cringer was his familiar. Like, he was the embodiment of what Prince Adam was. The only thing that gave either one of them the courage to fight anything was the sword. The sword of power, that's why it's called the sword of power. Um, it, I think that if given the chance to prove himself, Prince Adam would, because he, he didn't want to let anyone down. Yes, but he was not a manly man. And who, who, wait, uh, 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 why do you say a gay version? Who was he though? He was He-Man. He was He-Man. So... If you are a little boy who is soft spoken, who has a higher voice, who doesn't want to, who doesn't identify with playing football and doing all the other things that little boys do, and you see a hero come on television that can 
literally saved the world and his regular everyday alter ego is a dude who wears pink trousers, pink furry panties, and is pretty much a wimp for all intents and purposes. You know what I'm saying? He was very coward. Not not so much cowardly. He was he was a he was uh really early in his development. You know what I mean? I won't call him a coward because he did get he a coward is somebody who runs away from everything and he didn't. He was there. He just really had issues and he kind of showcases vulnerability. Now, if you have that as a hero on television, as opposed to everyone being a G.I. Joe character or already an adult and already having these very ultra developed ideas of what it means to be a man and how to be hard. And here you have this character that is stronger than all these people put together and he wears pink. That's what he man meant to me, like to see that opportunity to kind of step outside of the box. This is why um, I found myself enthralled in this. Like, I I would not miss an, epi- an episode. I still watch it. Like, on YouTube, there's different channels that you can watch every episode. Um, Netflix is redoing the series. Um, there's a new movie coming out. Um, I actually saw the first movie on my eighth birthday, and I remember it so distinctly because it was the first secular movie since I was a church kid. It was the first secular movie that I had ever seen and my parents took me there and Dolph Lundgren was He-Man um, and he was really muscular and that that was the dude. Like That was the guy to be. So you want to get into how, how they're indoctrinating the, the, the handling the mantle of manhood over to boys? To become, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's there, definitely. And this was the 80s. This is what sold. We're talking about the Donald Trump suits era of New York. You know what I mean? Like, this is very much like the it's consumer heaven. Everything that we saw was selling a toy, which at the time, we didn't really know. You know, we just knew that we liked the cartoons and stuff. And we didn't know that, that life or death for these cartoons even hinged on the toys selling. We just knew that we liked them or we didn't like them, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I, I do remember in the 80s, a lot of the artwork, even it was coming out. I mean, even before that, we talk about He-Man. But before that, there were those whole um, the Conan series and stuff. We would see a lot of the artwork from the 70s, right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of 70s artwork. So being that ultra masculine stuff was there. What I think happened is that along the way, by it being processed down and commercialized for kids, the softening of that is kind of where the other stuff came in. You know what I mean? Although they weren't marketing to girls with He-Man initially, they had to make the palette soft enough that kids could take it in. And that's what kind of allowed the creativity and the other things to be in the door. In fact, we know, I think, you know, now both of us have kind of seen some things, interviews with some of the creators and stuff. And a lot of them, even the women that were on board, talked about kind of infusing that into what it was because they saw it as a a marketing vehicle for manhood and for this idea of gender role, you know, to kind of break free from that. And and we know eventually that ended us up with one of the greatest things ever, which is Sheeran. I mean. We're not, you know, this is my He-Man, though. You know, we love He-Man, you know. But I'm just saying for you to identify with yourself, you know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, He-Man, He-Man is an interesting topic. I'm not, 
I'm not sure. Again, as soon for me, it kind of went like this. He-Man came in and it was really fun. I love the action figures and the fighting and and you could cross, mix them up with different, you know, 80s characters and they kind of he always kind of meshed well. The issue with it was the identity with him. I, I went from that and as soon as Shira came out for, you know, Shira came out, I jumped right off He-Man. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Say all you want. Shiro was not as big a seller as He Man was. I didn't watch her as much as everyone else says that they says that they did. Um, but I mean, yeah, she was there, but I didn't pay attention to her because she was a girl's toy or a girl's cartoon. At least that's what I felt. Um I don't know. It was just like boys had to be boys. And that's just that. I mean, I still feel that way. Like, not to where boys have to be boys. I feel that, like, I've kept that same um, mindset that um, my grandmother wanted my brother and I to grow up with. Um, baby is damaging. I don't know. Um, I don't know the type of person that I would have grown up to be without that mindset, but who who can tell? Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Mm, I'm so sorry for you. Wow. Wow. You missed a, a way more superior show. Just saying. Just saying. Yes, I mean, you know. You, you, a, a sword that can turn into any weapon. I mean, come on, Brad. Come on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, and, and you know, it's so funny during that time. And you talk about these roles that you have. I, I wasn't a person that played with Barbies. I think we talked about this before. I'm not a Barbie kid. I wasn't like, oh, I want to have Barbie's dream or play with my sisters. No, I liked action figures. I like that stuff. I like Shira and and and. My Little Pony and stuff like that because they had powers. I just was so into the fact they were flashy, they were colorful, and they had powers. Like it was all of that. Like that was the the, the win for me. So that's what I was identifying with because there was no character that looked like me. There was none. You know, there was nobody that was going to be exactly me. So I was just seeing the things outside of that that I could identify with, grasping at straws, per se. I didn't play with Shira. I mean, I did play with Barbies because my god sister lived next door. Um, I'd go over there with her every other afternoon. Um, but she played with Barbies. I played with action figures. She didn't play with action figures, and she told me she never would. So I had to do what she said because my parents told me to be nice since I was the oldest. So you, <laughs> I don't know if you know how that feels. But thinking back when um, growing up in the church, I remember um, sitting next to my uncle, who's 10 years older than me, and him doodling in his Bible study book, um, very muscular men. And he's very masculine and very muscular now. Um, I don't know if, since he's 10 years older than me, if that had anything, any type of influence on him. Or not. Then still, like, I don't think that I could relate to 
He-Man as much as I could. His sidekicks, I mean, they were leaders of their own nations, but they were still sidekicks to He-Man. Um, Shadows was the person that uh, that I attached my persona to. Like, he was one of the only non-white characters in the show. Um, and he was muscular. He could fly, so that made him special. So that made me feel special. Um, so, uh, I think that we read ourselves, we read POC-ness or our race to other characters because of the lack of diversity in 80s cartoons, at least growing up. Um, I don't remember anyone, anyone, um, any character being a main character who was what I was. So I read myself onto um, either the villains or um, the masked person. Many Faces was one of them. Um, you didn't know what color he was because he was a robot or a monster. Right. Well, of course. It, it, and if they were if they were black, you know, they were a, a dark character with some kind of like con right or or some kind of Congo related jungle related theme, you know, or if they were Asian, they had like cat like or rat like features and yellow skin and scary eye, you know, shifty eyes and things like that. Definitely those were the types of things or we can talk about you know, how they feminized the characters that were villains and made them into into that. So these are the things that you got to identify with, right? The queer characters in the car- cartoons were usually the ones that were up to no good or were negative. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, Skeletor, think about Skeletor. Skeletor is literally about to call a ball. Like, he's about to shout out the, 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 the best vulgar coming down. It's just crazy, but... This it's one of those things that you come to understand as definitely it was put into the media to sway people's ideas. But at the same time, it became kind of a a nostalgia for the people who understand it as well, because I love Skeletor's personality. I love it, you know, and it's become this thing. But I definitely understand what it was about, you know, where where it came from. Right, because Skeletor had a really high-pitched voice um i can remember multiple times that like me thinking back um how it was that skeletor used his brains to hatch a scheme but then it was always he-man that somehow outsmarted him with muscle i didn't understand how that worked i still don't know how it worked the idea itself shouldn't work, but that was the premise of the cartoon. Well, yeah, it does suck um, about representation in the 80s. At least now, though, I feel like um, cartoonists, artists in particular, um, are um, trying to make representation a real thing. Like, 
I'm guessing back in our day, uh, artists, um, illustrators, um, writers were all handcuffed in a way to do what production companies wanted them to do. Um, and now it's like the artists from that day that wanted to do what they wanted to do are now opening up some um, studios of their own to push a better agenda than what was what it was back then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you have to convince people that it's important enough to push for. That's I, I, I've expressed this as a frustration before as well, but going on sites and going on blur groups and seeing people actually advocating or defending some of the missteps with diversity and with casting and with representation is kind of annoying too because you see people who should be concerned about it not being the ones to be concerned about it and that can be problematic as well people not people not realizing that there are things they can do you know that that, that it actually matters and they actually can get their voice out there to kind of change it yeah 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 he man this was a this was a good one this was a deep one I guess, yeah. I guess, you know, I'm, you know, I, can we can we do it like, all right, Shira's the sister, so yeah, like he meant in Shira. <laughs> sure. <laughs> with with this beard, I'm sure. <laughs> hey. That's true. <laughs> he liked to thank me. He liked to thank me for joining. <laughs> no, thank you for having me, man. Thanks a lot. All right, this would be great. I'll talk to you next time, man. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think we'll see less whitewashing, quote-unquote, um, in the future. Um, for instance, there's a cartoon called Craig at the Creek. It's about a little black boy um, getting into little uh, a little trouble. But it's basically like every other cartoon on um, Cartoon Network, like Finn and Jake, um, and Adventure Time and stuff like that. Uh, but we we have to get there slowly. Um, we're talking about adopting kids, and all I can think of is like trying to show them what I didn't see, but that all falls onto the parent. Um, Make, making sure that the kids have representation, that they see what in them, what not in them, but see in the character what they see in themselves, something that they can attach themselves to like we did, but have it to be something closer to them than we had. It's not, you know, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to get that because uh, you have a lot of pushback with marketing and people like that. I think it's just going to take seeing it more often and them seeing how successful this Black Panther showed it, you know? Yeah. Well, everyone, um, that's my time. Uh, it's unfortunate we only had uh, 10 minutes to do this. I'd really like to um, continue this conversation. Um, maybe we could turn this into something else, maybe a real pro uh, podcast um, and have other uh, special guests on. Um, so uh, from here, um, this is Leo and Jay. Y'all have a good night. Goodbye.